I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, episode 26, Shuck the Shame. Ready, set, glow. Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let your soul shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Hello, ladies, and welcome to another episode of Let It Glow. Shame is one of those tricky topics that I've intentionally avoided tackling because it's so important I want to do it well. So here we are today. I'm going to do my best to tackle this subject because truly shame blocks you from joy in your life. It truly is a soul-eating emotion. And so I really enter into this very delicately because I want to do it the justice that it deserves. I really want to paint a picture of what shame is and how it affects you and the happiness that you experience in your life. Because shame tricks you into believing you are your mistakes instead of you made a mistake. So we just need to shuck the shame. And I just remember when I was a little girl, my job was to shuck the ears of corn. And it was such a tedious task. Oh, and messy. And it just got, your, you know, your fingers kind of got all like wrinkly and it was just messy. But as you did that, you would get to the sweet corn. So it really made the process worthwhile. And getting rid of shame in our life is very much the same way. Shame blocks you from being vulnerable. It blocks you from enjoying like the sweetness in your life. And Brene Brown, she is like an expert on shame. But I, I always appreciate and enjoy her quotes. So she says here that where perfectionism exists, shame is lurking. And I'm telling you, I am a recovering perfectionist. I've talked about that. And every time I think I've moved past it, I have little, little reminders that hmm, I'm still, I'm still working on this. I was you know, working with my marketing director this week, and then I had a couple other calls I had made. And in both those conversations, these two different people had mentioned how, like, I need to be less of a perfectionist, and I need to just let things go. And I'm like, oh, no, but you don't even know. Like, I've come a long way, and in my mind, I think I've conquered this. But the point is, is that we're always evolving, and shame can kind of poke its head in. It kind of can creep in if you're not careful. And so it's just important to be mindful of what it looks like and how it affects us. And really, shame and perfectionism go together like bees and honey, and not in a good way. So when you feel the need to be perfect or in order to receive love or to deserve love, you have to be perfect. Shame is one. And shame kind of, it comes in two different forms. And these are two kind of different paradoxes here, but you have perfectionism and pride. And perfectionism says you're not perfect, or you're not needed, or I don't deserve to ask for help. And pride says, I don't need help, I've got this. And either way, you're disconnecting yourself from others, from God, and you're not making that deeper connection. It blocks you from that. And really, perfectionism kind of, sometimes it looks like you're a doormat, and pride kind of become a bully. And so you kind of see where both of those don't really work out that well. But yet, lurking underneath all of that is shame. 
So to really get out of your own way, you need to understand the power of choice and how to shuck the shame in our life. But all of this starts with choice. And we talk about that over and over again. But if you understand that foundational principle that you have choice over everything, that's when you can start making the changes and you know when the magic really happens. So I want you to kind of think about, you know, we talk about pride and we talk about shame. And one of them, it's like with, with shame, you kind of focus more on your faults, your mistakes, rather than your strengths. And then with pride, it's like you're so focused on your strengths that there's you lack that vulnerability. And really that, that lack of vulnerability comes into play with both perfectionism and pride. And if we understand the value of vulnerability, that we don't need to look good, we don't need to perform well, you can see in pride and in perfectionism how those are kind of the outer desires, is to look good, not to look bad, to be right, not wrong. And all of that is just causes great, great disconnect. And if you really understand in all of this that we don't have to do it all, we don't have to be perfect. In fact, we won't be. So trying to achieve something that is absolutely unattainable is just zapping us of the quality of life, of energy, of all of it. Because really, if we understand now grace, that it can fill in those gaps. It's that God-given gift that is free to all of us and that we don't need to earn or be good enough to deserve it. It is a gift that costs everything for the giver and nothing for the recipient. So understanding really what grace means to you. I love this quote by Brad Wilcox. It's a good reminder that we are not alone. Christ doesn't just make up the difference. He is the difference. Christ is not waiting at the finish line once we've done all we can do. He is with us every step of the way. And I've, I've talked about that before a little bit. You know, my dad raced horses years and years and years ago. And so we go to these horse races and you know, we just, that, that visual that somehow that only Christ is just waiting at the end of the race. I just, it just kind of created that, that picture in my mind because the race is the journey. We're always going to be on this journey and really to, to meet the finish line, to, to reach that place. I, I don't know that we'll ever get there in this life. And so just understanding that we're not alone in this journey, that Christ has got our back, We've got family and friends that have our back. And a whole other topic that we won't get into today, but when we, you know, boundaries and all of that, there are situations where sometimes our family members don't have our backs and that's, or friends or the people that we're around. But today we're just going to focus on understanding that as we shuck the shame and understand our worth and our value, we can receive the support that is available to us. I promise there is support available to you in your life. First and foremost, you are a daughter of God. You are loved. You have worth and you have value. So again, just think about pride and shame. Pride, I don't need. Shame, I don't deserve. Either way, it's a disconnect. And they both accomplish the same thing, that disconnect from God, from yourself and others. So I kind of want you to think about this, and I'm not going to dig into it real deeply today. I go more into this into my Let It Glow method to really help you distinguish the difference between the two. But I think we've kind of given you, you know, now that you have like an overview, you can see how these might play out in your life. 
And really one of the greatest antidotes in all of this is humility, which is also along the same line of vulnerability, which we talked about. Because when you can realize that you do fall short, but you can still honor your imperfection and seek for growth, that's where you can find humility. And when you can be compassionate and forgiving, when you can look for the best in others, when you seek to win people, not arguments, when you realize that only God knows a person's true motives and heartaches, and when you leave the judgment of of others into God's hands, you understand it's not your business what others do. Even when you feel like you've been harmed by that, it still is not up to you to control or manage or to judge. This quote by Corey Ten Boom really explains this beautifully. Because peace does not come with pride or shame. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. So let's just take a minute. I want you to kind of pause. I don't know what you're doing right now. You might be folding laundry. You might be working out. You might be driving down the road. Whatever it is, do the best you can do to take a minute to pause and think about how shame has played a role in your life. And if you're in a place right now where you're struggling to find your worth or to see your value or you don't feel like you deserve love, because it kind of gets tricky here because I was raised LDS. I am LDS. And there was this message that I received that if I did A, B, and C, then I'd get D, which meant if I did all of these things, then I'd be deserving and worthy of Christ's love, of the atonement, of these gifts. But because I didn't see my own value, my own self-worth, I was like swimming and wallowing in shame, and I didn't even know it. I thought it was just who I was, and I didn't know how to get out of that. And so the more that I heard about what I needed to do that I, that I already was doing, it just reaffirmed that I, that I was wrong, that I was faulty, because clearly I wasn't getting these certain things. I wasn't feeling this way, and I was doing all of this and exhausting myself in the process. And that's why it's so important as I teach the Let It Go method that we have this, that I, I use this trifecta approach, and spirituality is at the top of that. But the foundation, if you kind of imagine a triangle, are these psychological tools, these things that that can help you understand the definition, the how-to, like the Atonement 101. I'm giving you tools how to access this with these psychological tools. And then also energetic tools. I mean, you've been around people where you can just feel their vibe, their energy. It's just off. And I also teach very specific things, how to clear that energy, how to move through that. But ultimately, if you're in a place of shame, it is not serving you. And sometimes it's so interwoven into who we are, we don't even realize that we're carrying it around like an extra limb. And it's an unnecessary weight, and it blocks you from evolving into your most beautiful, radiant self. So I want you to kind of imagine a caterpillar, and as it evolves into a beautiful butterfly and that whole process. And it's a painful, tricky process. And, you know, I've talked about this in the past um, with the trial that not that long behind me, it kind of all ended with, with the sentencing hearing. And we were able as victims to do an impact statement for the sentencing. And 
all of us went into this without any notes. And so I didn't have any record of what I had said. So my brother went back and got the court records. And so now I have actually the words that I said at this sentencing hearing. And if you kind of just imagine the evolution as I explain how I went from this place and how I've now evolved, I believe, into this butterfly that is free and that's beautiful and I'm able to share and use my gifts. But there was a time when I wasn't able to do that. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read this. And um, so you can kind of get an insight into how this played out for me. And while your situation may not be the same, in some way or another, shame can take a hold of all of us. Trauma is a big way that that happens, um, especially trauma as a child, because it happens so young, we don't realize that it's happening. So here we go. I'm going to read this now. I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and we're here to do an impact statement. So I want to start with how this has impacted my life personally. I would say every single area of my life has been affected and impacted. My relationships, first and foremost with myself, have been a struggle for as long as I can remember. And I lived for so long with thoughts and feelings and physical like pain that I didn't realize that this wasn't normal. I lived with so much shame and the feeling that something was wrong with me. And it affected, affected every relationship in my life with others, especially with my husband. It has taken a huge toll on how I was able to connect as a wife. But I think what I've seen and what I've learned through all of this is that he used something that was very special and dear to me and important to me. It was my relationship with my Savior. And he used the abuse and he used what he did as a tool to make me feel like I deserved what happened that it was my fault, and that I was less than because of it. And it's taken me a long time to get that relationship back with my loving Savior in my life because I was so overcome with shame and feelings of unworthiness. And what he's done has not just impacted my life, not just my family's life, but our entire family unit. Since this trial, there's been other victims that have had memories that have come forward. I have to live with the reality that possibly my own children were affected, and that's probably one of the hardest parts of all of this. But ultimately, where I want to end is not how he ruined my life or impacted my life negatively, because I'm not going to give him that power. This does not define me, but I do know now that he is not a safe person. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, we often talk about how one person can really make a difference. My uncle, in a very, very negative way, showed how one person can make a difference and affect countless lives, but in a very negative way. But on the flip side, I think about the jurors that we had, our attorneys that worked tirelessly for us, a judicial system, you as a judge that took time and were invested in this case. And I think of how each one of these people involved made a difference. And because of this, I want my legacy when I'm as old as my uncle, when I'm 70 plus years old, I want to have a legacy where I've helped people, where I've been a light to people, where I can be a beacon of strength. And as hard as this has been for me and my family and all of us here, because every one of us have been impacted by him, I'm so grateful I'm not him. And I don't have to live in the hell that he has created because I am free. I can forgive 
and I can move on and I will and I have, but I will never be silenced or stopped or shamed again. And I will continue to fight for other victims. And I will forever be grateful for all those who've worked so hard on our behalf and have served and cared. And I would just hope that he gets the harshest sentence that he can have. And not because it's going to make a difference, but because there are victims that didn't have a voice in this trial. And even until the very end, when he had the opportunity to somehow have some dignity in all of this, he chose to shame us, to twist and to turn and to lie and to manipulate what he did and what he's always done ever since I've known him. This is a man that deserves the fate that he is getting. Thank you. So you see, as you listen to that, how much of that shame I carried around for almost four decades of my life. And this is a weight that no one can bear. And I don't know what you're dealing with. And please don't take it as I haven't experienced that, so maybe my pain is is, is less. Or I, I, I shouldn't have shame. I didn't experience what she experienced. That's not the message I'm trying to send here. What I'm trying to share with you, that, that, that there's good news and all of this because I am now that butterfly. I am free. And the same is possible for you. My greatest strengths have come from the work and the shedding of this shame. So I want you to take some time to see how this plays out in your life. Shame is a sneaky little devil, but I promise you can outsmart it. You can conquer it. But you have to be aware. You have to be on alert. So as I bring this podcast to an end, I want to express my appreciation for all of you for giving me a place where I can share. And I want you to understand that in this vulnerability, this is something that I've had to really work towards, but to challenge you to find this place of vulnerability where you're okay with who you are. And not to focus on what you're not or what you don't have or the flaws or the weaknesses that you inevitably have because we all do. And understand in this humility and this in this vulnerability that these are the best antidotes for shame and pride because you don't have to be perfect. Again, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I thought I'd recovered from it, but just this week, like I said, I've been reminded that I still have some work to do. But that's okay because I'm enough just as I am and so are you. And this Let It Glow method that I teach that I'm so passionate about is about getting outcomes. And the outcome that I want for you is freedom, peace, connection, again, with yourself, with God, with your in your relationships. This is what I want for you. So I want you to ask yourself, what do you really want? If you want these deeper connections, It is time to shuck the shame for good. Are you in? If you need help, I can can guide you on this path. Don't go at it alone. I didn't go at it alone. I have had many important people in my life that have helped me walk through this journey. I couldn't have done it alone. And you shouldn't either. And just know that we're all in this together. I've got your back. And thank you, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for your support. Thank you for trusting me on this journey. Sending you love and big hugs today. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. 
If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.